This dope podcast is about a sober lifestyle, style, style, promise, motivation, inspiration, and transformation. The sober is dope podcast is about a sober lifestyle, style, style. I was able to transform my mind and body and spirit. We won't steer you wrong. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or Zepbound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Sopa's Dope Podcast with your host, Pop Buchanan. I'm very excited. I just recently celebrated my seven-year sober anniversary from alcohol. I am seven years alcohol-free, ladies and gentlemen. That is so inspiring for me, and I just encourage everyone out there that's fighting the good fight to keep going. This episode... Is dedicated to anyone that's newly sober or, or any newly recovering addict um, from most any addiction. It could be a behavioral addiction, drugs, alcohol. If you're newly recovered and you're new to this, um, I just want to give you guys some tips from my experience and some tips that I've, I have um, that I researched for you. Um, but the most important thing I would like to say is if you're new to sobriety, you're going to feel very excited. You're going to want to take on everything in life at one time. You're going to be extremely motivated. You're going to have an internal sense to correct everything. You're going to want to fix every potential bad relationship. You're going to be running at a thousand miles per hour. You're going to feel like you're invincible to some degree as if like you're never going to relapse and you can't relapse and you're good and you're going to be extremely gung-ho and you're going to be focused on a lot of things. But what was important for me and my counselor sat me down and kind of checked me and I'm glad I had my counselors because I realized that if I didn't, I could have went kind of off the beaten path. Um, they, they sat me down and said, look, you're, you're running at 100 miles per hour. We need you to bring it down. We need you to focus on the programs. We need you to focus on you and your sobriety. Because I will go into groups talking about this person, that person, how I want to reach out to this one and that one. And I was just so excited. And it's nothing wrong with your newfound excitement. But you have to understand the number one thing in recovery that's going to always be on your side is time. And if you don't respect time, then you're going to you could burn out. And the thing for most people, I see that the novelty of recovery kind of burns out after a certain point. Um, you know, initially, you know, you get a lot of props, you get a lot of advice, a lot of people are there for you. And then eventually, as time goes on, the novelty of it could wear off, you know, and then you want to seek another potential um, 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 something that may be attention, some more attention, uh, some more potential um, energy from somewhere else. So my thing is, 
just really brace yourself for the long haul. So for me, I'm seven years in, but it still feel like day seven. And I know I can't get cocky. I can't get cool with it. I can't be feeling myself because I'm just as prone to relapse today as I was on day one. Um, Although I have so much more information and I'm doing the podcast, I'm just like you guys, man. I'm an alcoholic, and if I have one drink, my whole life is going to go upside down. And I have to remember this because the more time you have in, the more you could potentially feel like, I could have a drink. Maybe I could have one drink and handle it now. Or maybe I could just take a hit or use. And that kind of like backsliding or tricky kind of rationalization could lead us astray so the first thing first you know just love yourself this is about loving yourself and it's about rebuilding your life one step at a time you know um in the intro of this podcast you're gonna hear that we're not directly affiliated with aa and that's true but when you're newly recovered and you're dealing with alcohol or drug i would say look into a 12-step program look into they have many different um talk therapy groups and programs and treatment programs but aa what aa did for me it reminded me that there was people who had more time in than i did that struggle with relapse and it was people that had um more time in that needed to really reinforce the reality every day by going to groups and this religious process for them and this sense of community kind of made me look like wait a minute this thing with addiction is big because you got people in here talking about i'm 25 years sober I'm 35 years sober, and then they're coming in religiously every day, sharing their testimonies with the groups in the world, because this is a way of inspiring them to stay on the clean path. And that's when I realized that when you're new, find a ritual, find the things that work for you. Um, One of the things that didn't work for me was trying to act like it was business as usual. So one thing I don't recommend is going around the old playground, going to the old bars you used to go to, hanging out with the the old crowd. Now, we know that there's a concept of live and let live where you know that because you're in recovery doesn't mean you could try to force recovery on other people or you can't make people change their ways because you're in active recovery. So you have to be able to live and let live. So you have to be able to be around environments where there will be alcohol. We can't stop that totally, but we can reduce the places that we expose ourselves to on purpose. Like you don't have to go to the bar that you used to frequent all the time. You don't have to hang out with the people that kind of still use that was your codependent partners and your enablers, right? Certain people, you know, can enable you. It could be an ex. It could be a best friend it could be a family member and you know this person is going to be like still in their way and they might offer you um the drug or alcohol of choice and it might throw you off so be careful for going back to these slippery places please because you're new to recovery and you're gonna feel very powerful because you are very powerful and that's gonna make you think you can handle every particular situation And I'm going to be honest with you guys. It takes time to be able to handle some situations. 
all right? I'm gonna give you guys a quick story. When I used to, when I first started working, my first year of recovery, I used to work into the, in the office with um, doing real estate, taxes, and stuff like that. And um, my, peep, my peeps at the office was very, 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 very kind. They knew that I was coming out of rehab. These guys were awesome. They used to actually take the alcohol because we they used to celebrate every night whether we had a certain amount of sales on the real estate side or on a tax side. It was like, you know, during tax season or whatever, everyone would celebrate and they would take the liquor to the other part of the office. So we had two sides of the office. If my side started to become like more like the sober side and everybody be like, oh, oh, is Pop, Pop's working today? All right, so let's take the drinks on this side or they will just like do a regular sober toast and then they'll do their own thing away from me. You're not gonna always have people that's that understanding. And for me, there was a day where we consolidated the office, where we brought we brought both sides and brought them together. And I remember one day I came in and it was like 12 o'clock, it was like lunchtime. And you know, everyone came into the office, and this is on the real estate side, not so much of the tax side. So it was my real estate team. Everyone kind of came into the office and they were so excited. And I said, hey, what you guys doing? You got all this food and stuff. And they had all of this liquor, man. And it was just like, yo, we were celebrating. We just closed this deal. You know, pop what you eating and this and that. And then they, it was just so much liquor. And then they had people with them that was triggers for me meaning that my relationship or association with these people brought up negative emotions from my past and that in conjunction with all of the liquor it was an absolute trigger for me and then I made a decision there because we're talking about I'm nine months in at this point so I'm new I'm new I'm new to my recovery you know and um I'm still new to my recovery mind you being seven years in but for most of us, when this episode is dedicated to anyone that's one to two years in, you're new, mainly your first five months, you know, that initial, you know, it's hard. Your first five to nine months. Oh, my God. Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize for cutting the episode so short. Um, the uh, Amber Alert came on my phone and... Um, it's just automatic, so I will continue where I left off, and please um, accept my apologies for any technical difficulties. So for me, you know, being just newly sober, it was a lot of intensity that particular day. You had uh, in the office, they consolidated it. You had all this liquor around, all this food around. There was characters that I was kind of like in disharmony with and um, for personal reasons. And I just saw them and I was shocked. And I'm like, what are they doing here? And so I just made a decision. And this is what I'm going to say to you, ladies and gentlemen, just make a decision. When you're new to your recovery, this is week one, week two, month one, month two, year one, year two, whatever. If you find yourself in a situation that makes you extremely uncomfortable, you don't have to explain yourself to anyone. Leave. If you're around a situation where there's way too much alcohol or drugs around for your comfort level and you feel jeopardized, you don't have to front or try to be tough for anyone. Leave. Never allow yourself to be in a situation that does not serve your greater good. You know, I remember days where I would be in my room 
in rehab. You know, I had a, I was an inpatient rehab. I'll be in my room. You know, I'll be watching TV. I'll be reading my books, and I'll be on this sober, a sober high, right? Because you're gonna be on this sober high. And I would be reading my books and I'd be so excited and there'll be like this pure environment. And then for some reason I'll say, ah, oh, let me go out. And then I'll go into a public place and I'm new to my recovery. And then, you know, I'll go to a restaurant or something or maybe, you know, that restaurant has an attached bar and then you hear the noise and then you see the activity and the people out and it starts to make you second guess your recovery. You start to second guess your process, the purity. But for me at that moment, I remembered this emotion where it was like, this is like mad messy. Like I felt like this environment was messy and I started to miss my quiet environment back home and where I was doing my recovery. So what I did was, or what I would do a lot was I would start ordering out or I would go to real quiet, nice, beautiful places. Like if it was a nice Indian restaurant or a candlelit restaurant, something that was real quaint and chill, just because I wanted to really respect my recovery, man. And I want to put myself in environments where the likeliness, the likelihood of my success would be better than me going to some random place where I couldn't necessarily control all the variables. So my advice to you is you know, you may want to seek fun. You may want to be able to explore. And then, you know, your newfound sobriety is going to come with some new energy. You're going to look better. You're going to, your clothes is going to be hitting right. You're going to be smelling good. You're going to be healthier. And you're going to want to share that with the world. But remember, the most important thing for you day in and day out in your one day at a time lifestyle is going to be maintaining your recovery, maintaining your sobriety. So you have to do what's meaningful to you, not what's meaningful to someone else. Not And don't stroke your ego. Your ego is going to sometimes feel like the boredom effect. You know, you're going to be hearing noise. Like Kevin Hart said, you can hear noise in the background. One of your friends may call you from a club and you hear fun in the background. Or you might feel left out. Trust me, you're never left out of anything because every day you wake up sober, you're going to be in a better position to live your life and express yourself in a healthy way. So don't ever feel like you're in competition with the world because the world is never going to go anywhere. And I used to feel like that a lot. If I if I see my friends on Facebook, they at a club or something, they doing their thing, and now you'd be like, you know what? I'm going to get dressed. I'm going to go catch a dope. I'm going to catch a movie. I'm going I'm to go catch a movie. Or I'm going to call up one of my friends that's supportive and chill and say, yo, let's go out and eat. Or let's go bowling and catch a movie. And next thing you know, I'm having fun. And I'm going to tell you how it usually works out. You stick to your recovery and you go do an activity that respects your recovery. You're going to come home, whether it's 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. You're still going to be sober. You're going to be full. You're going to have food. You're going to have this beautiful experience. Then go back on Facebook 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. You're going to start noticing that those friends who was at the club or partying, they didn't have such a good night. You're going to hear, oh, such and such got into a fight. Such and such got so drunk they had to go to the hospital. Such and such passed out. So what I'm saying to you is the idea of fun in relationship to your old behavior patterns is not, it's just an illusion. So learn to have fun on your own terms and in a new way that respects your recovery. Uh, what else, what, what other advice can I give you guys? Eat 
really well. You know, one thing that I always learned when I was um that I that I did for myself when I was um in in, in early recovery and I still do to the today. I know I would do anything to spend money on liquor and, and cigarettes, you know what I'm saying, and beer. That was a necessity. I don't care. I would spend up to whatever I had. If I would lie, steal, cheat, whatever I had to do to get the money, you know, less rob people. I wasn't I wasn't there. I would just, like, borrow a lot of money if I ran out or just lean on family and friends or leverage a lot of my stuff to get more money. Because, you know, it's expensive drinking and, and smoking all day. So my thing is... I said I would never shortcut my quality of food because if I would do anything to drink, I'm going to do anything to eat really well. So I would make sure I eat very well and I stay full and I stay well fed. I always stay hydrated, meaning that I had some nutrients with me, my coffee, my water, a lot of beverages. No matter what, just stay hydrated. And then I would get a lot of sleep. You know, um, I had more energy back then for some reason. I was younger. But I would say I want to get back to that because I was up very early and I was always moving around and I was very active. But I also remember having a curfew was important for me because I was in a rehab. So we was allowed to go out, but we had to come back in. And if we didn't come back in by curfew, we'll get in trouble and eventually get kicked out the program. And I never wanted to get kicked out. So unless I was working, I had to be in the house by 930. I think curfew was nine. Um, nine nine thirty, and for me that gave me a good safe window. What does that say? If I'm in recovery, a safe time frame to be home and in my bed or just home and comfortable, nine to ten p.m. You're not supposed to really be out past ten p.m. if you're new to your recovery. There's no reason. There's nothing out there on the streets besides bars. And people looking to get, get get in trouble. So make sure you bring your butt. You use that 930. Set your own curfew. I'm going to be home at 930. I'm going to be sleep by 11. You know, because you need a lot of rest when you're new to recovery for your brain. The health of your brain, man. You really need a lot of help. So do those things and it'll go a long way. The next thing is don't worry about what your ex-girlfriend or ex-boyfriend is doing. Don't get caught up in other people and don't be so eager to share your newfound recovery with people because I used to do that and I used to relapse when I was disappointed with their response, right? So I'm going to give you guys a real example. I had a um, a friend of mine really meant a lot to me. You know, we fell out because of my drinking, right? And then they made statements like, you know, you're not as flies you used to be you don't look as good you don't take such care of yourself you kind of fell off and I me being vain I'm a fly guy I feel like I'm a good looking person I was vain so I was like oh you know that always stuck with me you know so look at sober me coming around I'm coming around new sneakers new gear new jeans new shirt haircut looking good smelling good and all of that and I wore that like a badge. Like, yeah, all right, I'm sober and I look good. But the damage that I caused that person, it, I didn't come at them correct. You know, I was showing off opposed to being humble. You know, I was too quick to show off and think I was going to impress them with how I looked. And they didn't feel like it was authentic. So they responded like, yeah, I'll go out with you. 
But that connection, that deeper connection I was looking for wasn't there because I was more concerned with showing off than just repairing the relationship. So be mindful that you may have hurt someone or you you may have did things to people. You're going to have to give it time. And I would recommend that you check out um, AA's literature on this because part of the 12 steps, they have steps where they talk about making amends and only doing so where it doesn't hurt the other person that you're trying to make amends to so shout shout out to alcoholic anonymous they they helped me a lot with that so i knew that okay there's a lot of people that may not believe in my recovery there's a lot of people that may not be in a place where they want to talk to me now i didn't care i cared about my sobriety so much that i just wanted to do right by myself for once I just cared about myself. I knew if I was honest and genuine about being better, the forgiveness is going to come naturally from the people that really loves me. The people who didn't love me prior or didn't love me, they would be upset and they would be like, I don't want to see this person. They wouldn't care. But people who really care, family, friends, husbands, spouses, people that was really close to you, deep relationships, best friends and people, childhood friends. If you hurt them, give give it time. I'm telling you, in time, you're going to make it work. Don't try to do it in the first two weeks or two uh, first month. You know, another thing I would say, and I'm seeing this a lot. And ladies and gentlemen, don't kick me in the butt for this. But I would say this. It's OK to track your recovery when you're new on social media it's okay to point out your one year two years and your anniversaries um but be careful with attention seeking on the internet because in the, in the earlier days i this what happened to me was when i first got into recovery that's all i talked about and that's all i spoke about which was which was warranted but I started to kind of like look for likes and the attention and started focusing on my sober appearance online and less on me actually doing the work. And when I realized that, I slowed down. I said, the time that I'm using talking about sobriety on the internet, I could be working on myself. I could be in a gym. I could be going to therapy. I could be working on my dream journal. I could be going back to school. I could be doing this. So don't let social media become another addiction. I guess that's where I'm trying to go with it. Because we can leave one addiction and go to another. So be careful not to let social media become another addiction. Um, and just be mindful. You, you know, you don't need the attention online you don't need other people's approval you're enough and a love is going to come genuinely when you're genuine about your recovery and you're not looking at it to be attention seeking or hey look at me how look how awesome i am i'm sober whoa me whoa me whoa me because there's still going to be people struggling you're going to meet I, I met haters it was a lot of haters who got me so angry that it jeopardized my recovery you know so be, be mindful of how you present yourself online. Put your, Give yourself an online screen curfew, okay? And watch out for people who may not respond to your newfound recovery in a positive way. There could be people out there that be like, so what if you sober? Get the hell off the internet. Nobody cares. Boo, boo, boo. You know, that negativity could get you upset because it most likely is going to come from someone that you know. For me... The hater came from someone who was a really close friend of mine. 
you know, really close friend. This guy I would pray with. I love this guy. And then he still was an addict. So when he would get drunk, he would see me post something about my recovery and just tear into me. This is bullshit. This is that. You ain't this. You ain't that. You ain't in over, you know, all of this. Real men could drink. Real men could do this. And I said, you know what? I blocked that person, of course. I forgave that person, of course. The first time they did it. The second time they did it. The third time they did it. I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to entertain you ever again because you're toxic to my sobriety. So watch out for people who may be toxic for your sobriety or your recovery, ladies and gentlemen, if you're new. The next thing I want to say is give yourself some credit and give yourself some love. I, I think I see too many people that's new in their recovery. You, you know, you see, I can see it in the writing, right? Online, I can see it like you will be concerned about you know, I hurt, I'm five or 10 days sober. I hurt so many people, family and friends. I don't have this. I don't have that. Be more concerned with forgiving yourself. And I have an episode on this. Forgive yourself first, love yourself, repair the damage within yourself and nurture yourself and seek forgiveness from yourself. Make amends with yourself first. That's important. You can't forgive, ask for forgiveness for others until you give yourself forgiveness. And I love you guys. When you're new, I see how excited you are. And I'm like, damn, I remember I was there. I didn't even believe I could get to seven years, but I just kept working at it. And every year, when I first hit 90 days, ladies and gentlemen, that's when it really hit me. When um, my 90 day mark, I was like, yo, I hit 90 days. I've been sober for 90 straight days. That was groundbreaking for me. When I hit one year, I couldn't believe it. And I just literally from there said, I'm never looking back. So for me, I want you guys to win way more, man. I want you guys to win big because a lot of you guys out there in the Sober's Dope universe, y'all guys are strong, man. Y'all dealing with alcohol, hard drugs and shit that I, I could never, I don't even think, I don't even know what, where I would be if I was that deep in. And you guys are courageous because you're handling it just as well as I did. And I was only, now I'm not discrediting alcohol. But I have, we have people that's on alcohol and meth and heroin and fentanyl and alcohol. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. So for you guys, when you get that taste of sobriety and recovery, love yourself like you never loved anyone in your life. That's going to attract the respect of your peers. That's going to make other people forgive you and want to be around you when they see how you, you take care of yourself and how much you love yourself. And lastly, ladies and gentlemen, you may feel lonely a bit. Recovery sometimes can be a lonely road. That's why we suggest that initially my suggestion is if you're on the fence about 12 step groups or going to groups, try it out because that's where you're going to find your community in the early days you know join the groups on facebook reach out to people like me you know the sober's dope podcast is open to you guys 24 7 but um 
definitely find your tribe, man. Find your tribe. I'm still looking for my tribe. But hey, I think we, we, we found a platform here where we could build it. So for everyone in the Sobers Dope community, that's the tribe. So if you want to be part of us, that's the tribe. And we're going to never steer you wrong. There's going to be people in the community tell you, hey, you got to go to AA every day. And there's going to be people that's going to say, go to NA every day. And there's going to be people that say, listen to this podcast, read this book. A resource is a resource. So embrace all of the resources and find your tribe. But ladies and gentlemen... I'm going to cut to a message from our sponsor, and then I want to leave you guys with a few tips um, that I found during research, and that'll be very brief because I want to give you guys some technical stuff, but the last thing I would love to say to you guys is no matter what, be gentle with yourself and love yourself, all right? Those are my tips, ladies and gentlemen. Be, Be excited about your recovery. But love yourself, forgive yourself first, you know, watch out for slippery places and make sure you give yourself the attention that you deserve. All right. Um, Because you deserve your sobriety. You're worthy for your sobriety. You have to know this and believe this in your heart for it to work. I knew this in my heart. I know this to be true, ladies and gentlemen. I know that. Pop Buchanan deserves to live a life of sobriety because when I drink, I'm not my best self. And that's not what God intended me to be. And I don't want to live that way anymore. And I deserve to live better. And that's the life and that's my testimony. And I'm never looking back. Life is going to be stressful, guys. You're going to be emotionally upset. You're going to have to deal with some hard stuff. You're going to have to deal with mental health issues related to your alcohol or your drug of choice. You're going to have to deal with addiction. You're going to have to deal with so many things. You hear that? That's sirens in the background, right? I'm in the middle of New Jersey right now. That's sirens. You can hear it. Listen, that's a fire truck and 100 cop trucks. Something happened. Let that be another reminder of how important your sobriety is. Because those ambulances and those that fire truck and those cop cars could be going to rescue someone who may have OD'd or something. So be thankful. And if you are newly sober, you're on the right side. All right. So a few things I want to say before I close out this episode. I have an episode called um, How to Deal with Relapse and the Four Stages of Relapse. I want you guys to deal, listen to that episode so you understand the stages, that emotional stages you could get to before you absolutely relapse because you could be new to your sobriety and be going through the emotional and mental process of decline and not even know it. And I want you to know how to look out for the warning signs of relapse so you could get extra treatment. And um, I would say this, um, there was a few times in my recovery where I felt like I was mentally relapsing. I was emotionally relapsing. Like I was going out with friends. I would order drinks for them. Um, I would just do weird things. I would get too close to the alcohol and I'd be like, nah, I'm good in my recovery. And then I just started being like, you know, I just started playing and with, uh, you know, a mental processes. I was like, falling into negative thinking i was falling into depressive thinking i was falling into what ifs i was going back to slippery places and i said oh my god 
The first time I had a rational thought that maybe I could have one drink, I went right back to AA. I went right back to counseling. I went right back to fasting. I went right back to my steps. I went right back on track. So the reason why I want you guys to listen to that episode is going to teach you to the warning signs. Signs. Also, I have another episode. It's called um, um, Overcoming Fear and Anxiety. Listen to that. Um, just listen to, if you're new to sobriety, go back, listen, just point out, pick episodes in the podcast that resonate with you. I purposely make episodes for every one of us at every different stage. I make episodes and I keep episodes in the back of my head. Like I want to make an episode for that person that's three months in that person that's 10 months in that person that's day one. If you're a day one, I love you. If you're a day 100, I love you. So there's a lot of stuff here, ladies and gentlemen, unpack it. The, the, the goal of the Sober's Dope podcast is to give every potential addict and recovering addict and active addict um, a guide and a tool belt of resources. We have prayers, we have affirmations, we have advice, we have a mental health series, we have a Becoming Superhuman series. We talk about all aspects of alcoholism, recovery. We talk about family issues. We cover it. We talk about love and relationships. Um, we have an episode about core um, relationship radiation. So I want you guys to be able to identify if you're new to recovery, if you're in a toxic relationship, because a toxic toxic relationship can lead you right back to square one. I don't want to continue talking. I'm going to cut the whole episode here because I don't want to burden you guys. I just want you guys to know I love you and I hope these are enough tips. I'm going to scratch the tips that I was going to give you because I think somehow I think I covered enough for this one. I'll do a, a episode continuation of this when I come up with more stuff. But if you're new, these are the few things I want you to keep in mind. Make it about you. All right. It's about you. It's not about your family and your friends and the people you may have heard and getting back into your society. That comes later. It's about you, your life, your longevity, and your health. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. I'm seven years sober. Today, you're listening to the Sober is Dope podcast. If you're newly sober, you rock, all right? If you're newly clean, you rock. If you're newly battling or beating a process addiction, you rock. I love you all. To God be the glory. i catch you on the other side. I need you like I needed God Memories of an alcoholic can see the scars No remedy to explain this psyche barred Beyond jail, every cell was in need of bars God forgive me please, memories of need and weed I was used to psychedelics, had me seeing threes I was used to Christian brothers, had no quiet near No brandy eventually was my final fear Past the bogey pop, after death I missed my pops Cried the ocean, held my breath, had no need to stop but devotion gave me second chances
Jesus needed God. Sounds romantic on Atlantic Ave. I found my God. Jesus Christ is real. Addiction is an affliction curse. One description seemed depicted in emotion hurts. Walking dead, unconscious when conviction hurts. A crucifixion of the human birth consumed in dirt. God help us all recovery with addiction first. The decision falls. Hope my benediction works. On my knees before I crawled, asked God for help. And after all, what I saw was a God of wealth. Not cash for gold, forgiveness for a lonely soul. Not forgotten in the homeless cold or home alone. Whether crack pipe or whiskey gin, addiction spins. Around we go, sick within such a vicious gin, such a vicious cycle. But there is hope when the love is there. God mercy for the boy, help the man appear. But there is hope when the love is there. God mercy for the boy, help the man appear. Now I'm sober. 